Hi, everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show, and thank you very much. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron. And Crypto 101 Media is proud to be a partner with the Women for Blockchain Hackathon and Conference in New York, October 5th through October 8th at New York University School of Law. And they have partnered with Crypto Chicks to put this on. And we are happy to have on the founder and organizer of this event, Mrs. Anna Vladi, to tell us all about what's going to happen in New York during that time. Now, I don't want to give too much away about the conversation, so I'm just going to go into my normal spiel. Hey, if you want to know more about Crypto 101, go to Crypto101podcast.com. Join our social media there, our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram. Think about becoming a Patreon and donate to Crypto 101 to help us keep going. And also, don't forget to send us an email and subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a comment, a rating. It helps us stay visible for people to find crypto 101 and get 101 crypto blockchain information well without further ado here is my conversation with anna and all about women for blockchain conference coming up in new york we'll see you after the show anna Vladi, founder of women for blockchain conference and hackathon welcome to crypto 101 thank you matt good to be here It's very nice to talk to you. We've been talking for almost six months. I'm very happy to finally have you on the show. How are you doing? Doing great. We're two weeks away. It's, uh, you know, exciting time. Excellent. Yes, you are two weeks away. The conference and hackathon is on October 5th through 8th. Is that correct? Correct. So five through seven is the hackathon and the conference is on the 8th. And that's at New York University School of Law. Correct. Excellent. Well, we're going to go into all of that in a little bit. But first, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, So I've been in corporate world for more than 20 years. And then last five years, I've been in what's called digital transformations in corporate world. And that's how I really got into blockchain, just to help some of the clients that have been working at some of the consulting companies to look at this new technology. I actually, since the last spoke, I actually left Accenture in July so I can concentrate on my blockchain projects. So this is just one of one of my projects that I'm working on. Oh, right on. What, what other projects are you working on? So um, I'm working with a company that I've been advising, actually. And we're talking about launching what they have done in Asia, launching it here. So it's it's still kind of all under NDA, hush hush. So I can really discuss that. But in a few months, we definitely have a lot a lot of news coming. Excellent. What is digital transformation? You said you've been working in that industry for the last five years. What does that mean? So digital transformation is not in terms. It's not an industry. It's uh, different programs that corporations run. So, for example, when you want to look at, at cloud or you want to look at big data or you want to implement new ERP system, that all comes as part of digital transformation. You may want to re-engineer your business processes, um, you know, depending on the industry that you're in. It could be supply chain. It could be financials. So all of that kind of goes under that umbrella. So, so at Accenture, for example, I've been working on different roadmaps and helping very large clients to take a look at their operations, operational IT model, for example, 
you're taking a look at everything from production support to uh, what they have done with their hardware in the last 20 years. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a basically a big revamp of their IT infrastructure systems processes. What part of digital transformation? You said that you were working in digital transformation and that led you to blockchain. Where was the connection and how did you make that leap and why? So, well, it was actually a few things. I had a friend who was in blockchain, so we were talking. Uh, he was doing some work a um, few years ago. And then my um, company that I was, was working at, they were also looking at that. Not, not a lot of really work work. It was like more proof, proof of concept. So a few years ago, not, not a lot of companies were really doing anything uh, large. It was kind of dipping their toes, looking at it, educating themselves. So that's kind of how I got into it a little bit more. And then specifically with Accenture, Accenture hired me specifically to do blockchain work. And that's what we did. We advised clients in terms of, depending what industry they're in, how the technology can help them. Um, so they're not <laughs> left behind, so to speak. That's interesting. So I don't know how much you can actually talk about this, but what is it that companies are looking for in the in blockchain right now that makes you say they don't want to be left behind? What is it that they're looking at to develop? So if you take utilities industry, for example, it's actually not a very innovative industry to begin with, but it is being disrupted by peer-to-peer -peer energy trading, for example. So utilities are realizing that all their assets they have built over the years with their power lines, right, their plants, they may become obsolete because if, if consumers can trade amongst themselves, mm. putting a Tesla roof on, on top of their house, then they're thinking, well, what are we going to do, right? So they're quickly thinking, oh, we better do something with our assets. And one of the use cases out there is really to lend assets out so that it can be used for peer-to-peer -peer, uh, trading. And there are a few POCs, not even POCs, so some of them are pretty large, actually, um, to actually put this on blockchain just because um, of the efficiency, because you don't have to do any reconciliation, everybody's sitting on one system that's kind of gives them the efficiency of the trading. So it's very interesting. Um, it's one of those industries that's saying, oh, we better hurry up and make sure we have something in the game mm -hmm. because we may be left behind. It's, it's true for anybody who is doing solar in that industry, but if you're talking, for example, hydro, that's not the same situation for them, obviously, because, you know, you can't really put a hydro plant in, in your backyard. Right. right. So, <laughs> so it's a little different for them, but there's not a lot of clients like that. You know, there's like a handful. Everybody's really um, looking at uh, solar energy, and that's why they're looking at, at those use cases. That's interesting. You know, I never get enough people on the show or enough companies on the show to tell us about what companies are doing to develop mm -hmm. blockchain or use blockchain. It's always blockchain companies that say, oh, we're going to do this on the blockchain, not say XYZ company that's already, you know, established 20 year companies say, we might want to start looking into this blockchain thing. Right, right. So, for example, uh, going back to the um, uh, utility industry, so there is a web foundation that has been doing some good work um, where they're working with Ethereum Foundation. And I think what they did is they forked Ethereum and they're building a solution for utilities. And a lot of uh, utilities are actually in 
it's it's not it is a consortium of sort but it's it has actually a product at the end so it's not just people meeting around near the round table it's really um they have a fee that they pay and there's going to be a product coming out and we'll be able to serve all of those utilities hmm. so so that's that's very interesting because when accenture got in there we were like oh we're late to the game like they're already ahead so very interesting to see that and other companies I've seen, um, for example, we did some work with Microsoft, so they have their own blockchain that they created. But it's mm. really sit- sitting on Ethereum. It's a workbench sitting on Ethereum. So we did this workshop for one of the chemical clients who was doing food quality and safety, and they were looking at blockchain. And mm. we had a very large workshop with them, and we ended up that, okay, we want to look at this. And we actually pivoted into a little bit of a different direction. We actually ended up discussing different urban farms that are kind of springing in different backyards right now all over different cities. I don't know if you know that. Um, it's no, very don't interesting. Know that. So they're called backyard farms or urban farms. So somebody who has an acre, maybe in their backyard, they're growing vegetables and fruits. <laughs> so And then they have abundance of it or surplus and they can sell it. So I'm actually part of a CSA of a farm like that right here where I live. You know, it's a small farm. And um, the problem with them, like, they don't know their financials. They don't, like, I don't know where they buy their soil, for example, right? right. We don't know a lot of the, and obviously they don't have any infrastructure. You know, they don't have any analytics, <laughs> right? It's, it's a small business. Right. So they were talking about, oh, how about we connect them all together? Because there's so many of them, two different customers and vendors, so that they can actually leverage, you know, all the analytics and all that. And that's how blockchain came in. Oh, and wouldn't be great to have one system for all. And that's mm. where blockchain comes in. When you're connecting all the different parties that not necessarily can be related to each other or they have their own systems and connecting them on a system level would be a nightmare. But that's where blockchain plays a role. And that's where the corporations see the value. That's how they say, oh, this would make sense only if this ledger would be one for everyone. Hmm. So that's how it comes into play. It's very interesting. That is very interesting. I think we're going to have to go down that path on another episode and we can talk all about (laughs) companies and what they're trying to do on the blockchain. And well, the fact that they're actually looking at blockchain and, you know, just trying to build their own. That's very interesting. But we're talking about the hackathon and conference. It's obvious you have lots of experience working with blockchain and companies wanting to use blockchain technology for X, Y or Z purpose. Where was the shift that you said, okay, I'm doing my own thing and we need a hackathon conference. Can you tell us about how this was born? So the the idea behind this is really education. So what's the what's the quickest way you can educate at an event? It's not really a conference by itself. It's people learn by doing. So hackathon gives you that. So we're expanded on a regular technical hackathon. Uh, into business and uh, legal tracks. So really anybody who is working today in any position on any role can come in and participate. We're also providing a lot of education. We have a learning hub on Saturday, which is full of different workshops from game theory to introduction to crypto economics. Um, Also how to build the smart contracts, how to go create your own token. Um, we have companies coming in like Holochain, who is actually going to be teaching developers how to hack specifically on their protocol, how to develop on their protocol. So it's all different kinds of uh, education that we're bringing. We're also partnered with Blog Geeks. 
and they are providing online courses for all of our hackers. Oh, right on. So actually, right, yeah, yeah, right now what we're doing is we actually just had a conference call yesterday with um, Elena was running it uh, from CryptoChicks. Um, you know, they're the ones who partnered in on, for the hackathon piece. Mm-hmm. And we had a conference call where we're just explaining to developers that, hey, guys, you know, you kind of already starting to work on this. Don't wait till the hackathon because we have so much education prepared for you. When you come, we want you to hit the ground running. So you need to really register for the Blog Geeks courses and take them prior to coming on Friday. There are like five or six courses, like one hour each. They're all video, so they're very well made. I, I love how Blog Geeks takes a very complex subjects and breaks it down mm-hmm. so anybody can understand it, a five-year-old. So, And that's what we want them to take advantage of, really. That's the key piece for this hackathon. I think that's one of the differentiators that we're trying to bring. Also, as as you know, you know, we're women for blockchain, so we're trying to bring more women in, into this space. But we also are bringing students. Um, we see that mass adoption can happen uh, on the university level. That's where I think it's 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 a prime space for that. So we're actually accepting applications from women and men or boys and girls, however you want to call it. So we have a lot of students registered. Students are all free. That's another, I think, uh, great um, way to attract uh, new talent to this. We want to make sure that price point is not a barrier for anybody to participate. So that's really that's really the goal. So we're even saying that if you've never heard of blockchain, if you've never developed a line of code, you can still come and participate. That's awesome. Actually, I'm really that's one of my biggest gripes with these conferences is is they're priced out of the average consumer's pocketbook. (laughs) You have tickets (laughs) starting at 400, 500, sometimes a thousand dollars. And it's like, well, if I'm an average person, how do I even how do I even think about going to that? There's no way. It's like a, a week's pay for some people. Exactly, exactly. So what we're doing is anybody who's participating in a hackathon has free access to the conference on Monday. Unless they're in school. You know, I think a lot of a lot of those students are going to come. I think we have actually a high school cohort that's coming. Mm. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, we partner up with a high school here in New Jersey. Oh, right on. So we have like 10 kids that are high school students. They're mostly seniors. And then we have one girl who's uh, in middle school that right registered. On. That's cool. Yeah, that's really so, cool. <laughs> so that's going to be very exciting. We have a lot of mentors as well. Uh, like every hackathon you've probably been to, there's a lot of mentors. We have 14 registered. And a lot of them are delivering that those workshops on Saturday. And a lot of them are just coming to make to handhold, really, and to help them, um, whatever groups they're in or if they're hacking on their own, whatever the situation is, so they can get help if they need it. Hey, everyone. I am super excited to tell you this special news. The Crypto 101 team, myself, and Danny Amsalem wrote a book. It's called Crypto 101, Johnny's Guide to Cryptocurrency. And in this book, we follow an old friend of ours, Johnny, who has been popping up in episodes over the past year to get the 101s on technology, terminology, and blockchain. And in this book, he goes through everything a noob might need to know about getting into crypto. From the FOMO, the FUD, the 14 stages of emotions, the terminology, the technology, and it's all wrapped up in an amazing story following Johnny, his family, and his friends. It's not a boring read, and it's for everyone, for your kids, for your parents, for yourself. So please keep an eye open for Johnny's Guide to Cryptocurrency coming the beginning of November so you can pick it up for your family, your friends for Christmas. 
It's a great read, but you don't have to take my word for it. Now, back to the show. Tell us a little bit about Crypto Chicks. You're partnering with Crypto Chicks, a very commonly heard name in the crypto space. And for people who don't know anything about them or the organization, can you tell us a little bit about Crypto Chicks? Yeah, sure. So Yelena and I had a conversation back in March, I want to say, last year. I got introduced. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done to them through a friend because I was saying, hey, I want to do this event and I want to start this uh, endeavor of educating more women into the space. And goes, oh, you got to talk to crypto chicks because they're doing the same thing, but they're in Canada. Oh, excellent. So I reached out and we spoke and she, Elena wanted to do a hackathon in New York. So like a lot of things aligned basically. So we decided why, why don't we partner up and uh, do this event. Who's going to be at the hackathon? I see a whole list of speakers. The majority of them are women. And, well, there's yes. a lot of them. <laughs> who, who do we have speaking at the, at the uh, conference in Hackathon? So, so basically, we have a keynote speaker, which is Caitlin Long. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you heard her name. She is, she's amazing. She's a trailblazer. She has passed uh, five legislations in the state of Wyoming. Uh, she's trying to make it a crypto heaven, kind of like, like uh, Zook Switzerland. And then we have a lot of other amazing speakers. We have Jojo coming from Electron. She's a co-founder, CEO of... Uh, uh, Electron, which is out of UK. So they're doing the marketplace peer-to-peer trading I was just speaking about earlier. Giorgio and I actually met at a blockchain utilities conference when I was with Accenture uh, about a year ago. Oh, right so we kind of like hit it off and we just actually met at Token Fest in Boston again. <laughs> so she's great. So she's going to do a talk. 
We have Alex Lane. So he's coming. He's the CEO of Everex. So he's going to talk about cross-border payments, how blockchain helps with that and what it does for the financial sector. So that's going to be very interesting. He himself comes from uh, finance. So... You know, he comes from the industry, so that helps. Uh, he kind of tries to marry two, two, two things together, blockchain and finance. We have Artblock actually coming from Holochain. He's a CTO and um, co-founder of Holochain. So he's going to be there. We have um, from Bittrex uh, and from Shapeshift, we have two women coming and speaking as well. We have also three panels, right? So uh, at the panels, we're going to talk about uh, regulation. We'll talk about, you know, what it takes to be a startup in blockchain and also talking about different use cases in enterprise, uh, which should be interesting as well. And then we're having a Shark Tank. What is a Shark Tank? <laughs> so we're, we're kind of mimicking what Shark Tank is, the TV Shark Tank show. Oh, okay. Uh, where, where different startups are pitching to investors. Uh, we have a mix of investors and companies that may want to partner with those companies. So I, I have Accenture sitting there. I have a woman partner from uh, M&A firm, Duffin Phelps. I have two people coming from different venture capital firms. Somebody else I'm missing. Oh, yeah, there's a head of blockchain coming in from Conduit. It's a pretty large consulting firm. Um, so they're also helping clients with the blockchain technology. So that's that's their role. Um, and then we got like 25 submissions from different companies to pitch. Uh, I want to make sure at least one is a woman founder. It's very difficult, actually, to find um, a startup with a woman founder. But I think we got one, <laughs> which is good. We'll have like three companies pitch during the Shark Tank. Obviously, the next question is, what is the motivation and what is the purpose of making a woman-focused conference hackathon? So again, uh, if you look at any conference or if you look into, into any technology, the percentages of women are very low. So we're just trying to change that as much as we can, right? And to do that, I believe that we can do that through education. That's what we're trying to do. We're saying that it's probably a little bit more difficult for women to get to the right education than men. I don't know why, but that's what we're seeing. So we want to bring it to them. So we market to women, we have info sessions that we hold, and we invite women, and we explain to them why this technology is important, uh, why this is the future, why should they should be learning about it. They can either learn about it and get excited and maybe change careers, or they can just gain the knowledge, come back to where they work and bring the knowledge back to the company, and they can see how many doors it opens up. Uh, it's very interesting. I have a woman coming from FedEx. She's a manager there. She's in supply chain, strategic supply chain. She said just going to a few events, she went to a few events, and the part, the, the part that she's participating in the hackathon, she's been reading about it, learning herself. She brought the knowledge back to the company. Now she's part of this blockchain group within FedEx. Really? And That's she awesome. Gets, you know, she gets, yeah, she gets to do this int- more interesting projects than she would normally be doing. So that's definitely a reason to do that. I mean, nobody, you don't know, but you know, you don't have to go leave your job, but how about making it more, a little bit more interesting than it is today? Right, right. Uh, well, know? that's interesting <laughs> that we just found out that FedEx is now dealing and, and experimenting with the blockchain. Yes, they are. They wow. are. Time. I'm actually talking to FedEx Institute of Technology um, to do what we're doing in New York, to do it there in Memphis. 
Okay. And University of Memphis is actually my university. That's the one I graduated from. I'm from there. So I know the community there. So I would love to do one there and I would love to, you know, to kind of replicate what we're doing here in New York to do it there. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Congratulations on the conference and good luck to you for everything that you're doing when it comes to, well, you know what? Inspiring, educating and motivating people to get involved. That's really cool. You mentioned something in your last statement. One of your panels is what does it take to be a startup in the crypto space? And well, you are building companies, have worked with companies and now doing an event in the blockchain space. Maybe you can help us answer that question a little bit, too. <laughs> it definitely takes perseverance and it takes there's going to be a lot of naysayers what's happening in the space is as you talk about your project people are, are trying to poke holes, holes into it they're trying to place devil's advocate mm-hmm. which is useful right but unfortunately a lot of times you're also talking to people that don't know enough to poke holes mm-hmm. so that's a little bit frustrating Yes, you do want to listen to, you know, different sides and how to look at your product differently, right? And what could go wrong. That's always keeping an open mind. That's always a good idea. But at the same time, if, you know, you're you're with too many people that are telling, oh, it's not going to work. Somebody's doing it already. There's too much competition. You know, we already have this project, you know, it will not help you in the long run. So you really need to stay focused on your goal and what you're trying to accomplish, because the thing is, a lot of times, similar product could be doing the very different things. It could be serving different customer bases. It could be do even like sales, the, the, how you're pitching your product and who you're pitching it to could be very different. And that because of that, you're going to get to a very different outcome. I've learned that a lot being in the corporate world because uh, I haven't always worked for you know large corporations like Accenture or before that AIG. I've worked for smaller consulting companies. I actually mm-hmm. got one consulting company off the ground in SAP consulting space, which is so much competition, so difficult to do. Mm-hmm. But we still found our niche. We still found who to make our clients. Because if you are you know, taking a bite more than you can chew, that's never the right approach. You really have to find like where is the niche, where is the gap, how can you help fill that gap for the clients and that's that's kind of the key. So there could be a lot of differentiators between different products. There's a ton of wallets out there. But the thing is, you may create one that will appeal more to bankers than any of them have done so far. Right. So and that's your differentiator. And you'll get, you know, diff- different customer base and, you know, you'll get institutional investors into it. So there's a lot of different ways of approaching this. And I think that's one of the things that you should think about as a, you know, when you're building a startup. In terms of hiring people and finding good talent, I think that's important too. I see a lot of startups are getting a lot of interns and interns you have to teach and you have to handhold and that takes a lot of your time. Um, I say find very capable equity partners that can do a lot instead of you know hiring a bunch of interns that you, you don't pay a lot, mm-hmm. but then you spend a lot of, a lot of your time teaching, which you're not going to have anyway because you're already working 80, 80 to 100 hours a week. <laughs> right. That's probably going to be my two cents into this. It would be interesting to hear it from actual startups and blockchain what they're doing and you know what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. I would, I would too. Um, but that doesn't mean that what you're doing is not entrepreneurial and inspirational. So if there was somebody listening to this right now, maybe they're working their nine to five. Maybe they want to start something else. Maybe they want to, you know, like you said about the woman that works at FedEx and she took blockchain to FedEx and now is starting blockchain initiatives in her company. What would you advise somebody to do 
that maybe just are stuck in a rut, want to branch out, want to do something entrepreneurial, but don't know where to start, what would be your advice? Well, it should definitely try to to come to one of our events because it all starts with learning something new and opening up your horizons. Always learning something new opens up new doors for you. That's what I've learned over the years, no matter what you do, blockchain or anything else. That would be my recommendation. And if you can't come to our event, then I suggest um, reading a lot of blogs and learning about it and trying to get to an event that maybe just a reg- you know, local meetup. But again, you need to find quality events. There's a lot of events happening, for example, in New York, that's all about crypto investments. You know, a lot of it is a lot of hype and not a lot of content. A lot of them just, you know, social networking places. So you don't want to waste your time. That's another thing. So you have to be able to differentiate good from bad and really finding quality events and quality people that, you know, may be able to help you, to mentor you, to invite you to different things. Um, I've been very lucky, actually, with my journey. I even wrote a blog about it when I first started on this journey of traveling, you know, I guess nationally and internationally and meeting all these different women. And I've been incredibly fortunate meeting some amazing women whose advice was very, very helpful when I was just starting out. Because when you're starting out in completely uncharted territory, you know, you're obviously a little bit scared, right? So you want to hear some kind of words of support, some kind of words of wisdom. So I've been lucky that I've met those women and I got that which was super helpful. And I feel like in the blockchain space, we're so early that there's not a lot of rivalry, you know, like it happens. There's not a lot of competition. Everybody's helping each other, which is pretty wonderful to, to, to see. People are trying to partner, trying to see where they can add value. And that's what's great. So it's actually a wonderful time to be in blockchain space right now. Um, I, feel, I feel every time I go to an event, I feel like energized and connected. It's all positive energy. So just go for it. That's what I would say. I I agree. I agree. You mentioned that you would want people to start getting involved in reading blogs and listening to people and finding mentors and things like that. Who are some of the people that you read or listen to or watch or respect in the crypto space? I like blog geeks very much when something new comes out. That's worthwhile, and I love how they break it down. So I definitely would recommend blogging. They have they do blogs, they do their video blogs, um, they have their courses, which is different. You have to sign up for that, and you have to pay for that. But I think once you like, even just to start, there's a lot of things they provide for free. So and they their blog is amazing. I follow a few people on Twitter that I think that are pretty casaredi. Cas- I'm probably butchering her last name, but everybody knows her. She's a developer. Um, she's actually out of New Jersey. She, I think now she's in California. So she's one of those uh, I'd like to follow. I follow, obviously, Vitalik, all the um, uh, Ethereum um, researchers and developers like Carl, like Dave. Um, so there's a lot of new stuff to learn from them. There's um, great conferences that are happening like DEFCON, obviously, right? So that's the one I always make sure I go to. This this year it's in Prague. I'm actually taking my daughter to that. She's like, you're talking about blockchain so much, I'm going with you. Oh, right. <laughs> that's cool. Yes. So she applied for a scholarship for students. They were giving scholarships. So the tickets are way cheaper for students than you, you would pay regularly. Right so on. that was very helpful. Yeah, so that's that's kind of I'm I'm very much entrenched into Ethereum community just because that's kind of what I know. That's what I invested in myself. 
Uh, that's what I, what I understand. Well, Bitcoin, not so much, just because I didn't come at the very beginning of Bitcoin. I came exactly when Ethereum was getting started. And I always felt that Bitcoin is like, okay, so it's a PayPal. You know what I mean? Like it's, you're doing payments. But like, what if you want to do more? There, you, there's like a need to do more. So smart contracts made so much more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, you can now you can do you know various things with this, so that's why I'm very cold towards Bitcoin, but I'm very very hot towards Ethereum. <laughs> Even though everything is down right now, I don't know. I hope people are not selling. I mean, I'm buying it, but um, that's kind of me. Right on, right on. And I want to say congratulations on your hackathon and conference October fifth to the eighth at New York University School of Law. If you're a student, you get there, for, get in for free. And if you're not, how do they find out information and get tickets? So the tickets are on our website. It's womenforblockchain.com. We're also are offering um, limited tickets to women. So if a woman cannot afford a ticket but wants to come, just contact us. There are emails on, on Eventbrite, and we will provide a free ticket. So we are trying to get as many women as possible into this. So we don't want, the, like I mentioned before, I don't want the price to be a barrier. That's really cool. Well, Anna, thank you very much for coming on Crypto 101, telling us about your conference, getting to know you a little bit, and, well, giving us some advice about getting started as an entrepreneur in the blockchain space. Thank you for having me, Matt. All right. We hope to follow up after the conference to see how everything went. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. Anna, if you're listening, good luck with the conference. I hope the best for you and I hope a great turnout. And if you're a listener and you happen to go to this conference, please reach out to us at reachout at crypto101podcast.com and tell us how the conference was or better yet, come on the show and tell us. Since this is a shorter episode, we're going to air our next episode in only two days. And this is going to be Security State of the Union with Mr. Dan Rice of Sagewise. We invited him back on to tell us about, has there been any changes in security since the last time we spoke a year ago that can help us move toward mass adoption? And I want to say, I am sorry, ETF 101 will be delayed a little bit, and I'm sorry, that's my mess up. Like always, ApogeeCrypto.com, A-P-O-G-E-E Crypto.com, the best place for your real-time prices, CryptoNews.com for your news, and we will see you in the next episode of Crypto 101. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.